Wide Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And welcome back to the Owl Chat Podcast. It is midweek time here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in Kennesaw, and it is also Charleston Southern Week. I am here, as always, joined by my partner and co-host, John Finer. We are not joined by our producer, Nick Masseroni today. Ah, Nick Masseroni today, as he had a very important career opportunity come up. So we want to give him a shout out and wish him the best of luck. He'll still be doing most to all of the post-production on this episode. So just want to fit him in there. We love Nick. Anyways, John, how are you doing this evening? Speaking of Nick, I've got my Nickelodeon uh, Rugrat shirt on today. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a giant reptar. So, uh, you know, shout out to Nick and Nickelodeon. But I am doing uh, doing great. Um, excited to play another game so we don't have to ever hopefully talk about Tennessee Tech again. Absolutely. <laughs> Trying to move on as quick as possible. Um, I will be making the trip to the game. Will not lie to you. It's more so to go to Charleston than to see the game. Um, obviously, I will be at the game reporting on the game, but I love the town of Charleston. Uh, I'm excited for the nice little weekend getaway. Um, anyways, uh, for our errors and omissions this week, didn't have any errors, but I did want to mention uh, the Spotify debacle that went on with the last episode uh, and sincerely apologize for the technical difficulties on getting our last episode up on Spotify. It is up there now. If for some reason you haven't gone and listened to it on another platform where you didn't see the announcement on Twitter, um, it is up on Spotify and we will do our best to not have those issues again in the future. That all being said, if you got and, nothing else to add, go ahead, John. Oh, well, I have one thing to add. Apparently, you know, apparently I ranted on the last uh, podcast and, you know, it, I was kind of on like auto, you know, autopilot. I kind of blacked out for a second, ranted for a couple minutes, like, wait, what the hell did I just say? But you know what? I heard it was pretty entertaining. So uh, as long as you guys enjoyed it. Needed to happen. And it was uh, it was good for numbers. Uh, the people seem to like it a lot. So <laughs> more of that in the future. <laughs> Maybe we'll I'll try and that. get angry, but hopefully I won't have to because I really want to win. I guess bad losses are great for numbers for the Al Chat podcast. People people love to see other people disappointed, I guess. Anyways. I guess so. Anyways, uh, with that being said, we will get right into the flyover, starting with soccer. So the results were not great, but we're certainly not as bad as the previous week. Uh, Thursday night, we hosted Bellarmine and tied the game, or Bellarmine, excuse me, common mispronunciation. Uh, tied them 0-0 in a game that we flat out dominated for most of the second half and should have won. Um, our coach, uh, Benji Watson, was... Well, Walton, excuse me, <laughs> saved that one from the errors and omissions next week. Um, was not looking too happy on the sideline. That was a game I attended. Uh, we should have won. It was definitely disappointing because if you don't keep up with the ASUN uh, Women's Soccer Conference, um, Bellarmine is not one of the better teams in the conference, and it was a chance to get a conference win at home. Um, but it was not the only game we played last week. Uh, we also played Eastern Kentucky at home, and finally – broke the six game scoreless streak when Tiana Rivera scored her first goal of the season uh, to put us up one, nothing in the first half. Um, it was a good looking goal and I wasn't at the game, but I can imagine that the hundred people that were there, that was the reported attendance, by the way, I'm not making that up. Uh, we're quite pleased to see that. Unfortunately, EKU scored three straight unanswered um, and left Kennesaw with a three, one victory uh, dropping 
our record to one, seven, and four on the season. So it continues to be ugly in that department. Uh, They will make their final mid or Central Florida road trip, I should say, as a member of the ASUN Conference. I'd say the season's been pretty mid so far, Kai, so mid We'll call that. I just mean uh, the the classic Central Florida road trips that all of the the teams have taken across all sports um, since being part of the ASUN Conference when they go down, play Florida Gulf Coast in Fort Myers and uh, Stetson down in DeLand. So they'll do that this week. Hopefully they can bring back a first conference win. Um, I don't think we're all too optimistic, but you know, they have our support uh, regardless. Uh, transitioning to a sport where we've been pretty successful um, thus far in the season, uh, golf. Uh, the men's team participated in the JT Poston Invitational this past week, finishing a total 15 over par and 13th overall in the tournament. Our top finisher was Hugo Lari, who carded a three under finish, uh, good for 26th overall for an individual at the tournament. Um, and they will not compete again until October 9th. The women's team uh, fared much better. They are currently, as we speak, competing in the Gulf Week Red Sky Classic in Colorado. Today is the final day of the competition, and the results are yet to be reported. But as of last night, uh, they were tied for second at the event, shooting 18 over a total of 306 through the first two days of competition. Um Obviously, that will be final by the time this podcast goes up. So in real time, we will wish them the best of luck and hope they bring home a tournament win. That all being said, John, if you want to go ahead and give us the rundown on volleyball and everything else. Yeah, I know she mentioned the JT uh, Poston. I think it's pronounced Poston because there is a an old actor named Tom Poston. And uh, I think he said Poston. So I just wanted to avoid the errors and omissions for next week. So we're saving us some time in the future here. Uh, but uh, good luck to our golf teams uh, next week. Um, I do have some notes. Uh, Kennesaw State Volleyball dropped a five-set ASUN opener to Eastern Kentucky this past weekend. Uh, Manu Johnson had 19 kills. Emma Sherfronts had 17. Uh, EKU, it's very important to note, they had the advantage with 69 kills. Uh, head coach Keith Shunzel gave the following quote to KSUowls.com after the game. A uh, pretty disappointing mental effort from our group. Got up two sets to one and proceeded to get down 5-0 in set four, and the wheels fell off from there. That's the time that the foot has to go on the gas. Instead, we got hesitant, made some bad choices, and didn't execute down the stretch. You do you do that, especially on the road, and you lose. So uh, Keith Shunzel was keeping it real with KSUowls.com. Uh, KSU Volleyball is now 7-5 and 0-1 in conference. Up next are the ASUN home openers with uh, familiar foes that I think Kai just mentioned, uh, Stetson and FGCU, but they will be coming here. Uh, Stetson on Friday and FGCU on Sunday. I don't know how Stetson is, but FGCU is traditionally a very good uh, volleyball team, and they're usually pretty solid in all sports. Um, And some other news. Uh, 2024 outfielder A.J. Jones has committed to KSU baseball. He is a uh, speedy base runner, uh, quick twitch, good hands. Um, He's from uh, North Hall High School in Gainesville, Georgia. He is actually the son of A.J. Styles, who is a wrestler for WWE and not just a wrestler, a very famous wrestler if you're not too familiar and don't keep up. Um, in September 2016, Styles became only the third professional wrestler in history to hold both the WWE Championship and the NWA World Heavyweight Championship behind Buddy Rogers and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I think both of them were actually nicknamed the Nature Boy. But um, anyways, 
I think that, you know, that's kind of that's kind of crazy that we have so many professional reference professional wrestling references here because the Kennesaw State baseball program has loved wrestling from the beginning. In 2014, when we made the run to the Super Regionals, we had a championship belt, what we called it, and the player of the game got that championship belt. And that really helped keep us, give us the momentum towards the second half of the season, went on a huge winning streak, and it was all thanks to that magical belt. In 2015, Kennesaw State Baseball, they had a uh, like a talent show in the gym where a bunch of baseball players and assistant coach Trey Fowler, who's a huge wrestling fan, they dressed up as John Cena, um, CM Punk, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, other wrestlers. And you can find it on YouTube by searching Kennesaw, Kennesaw State Baseball 2015 Talent Show. So if you want to see that... Um, just for reference, some other cool uh, Kennesaw State reference, uh, Kennesaw State baseball connections. Uh, former catcher Kevin uh, Gurgle, um, he is actually married to Cody Rhodes' sister. So uh, former AEW wrestler, current WWE, uh, one of the top baby faces there. So you have some some deep connections to the program. And also former Kennesaw State uh, football player, as we all know, Bronson Recksteiner's Bron Breaker in NXT. And I am segueing into some Bron Breaker news right now. Um, he actually was on a podcast called Stick to Wrestling Podcast. And I'm sure people on here are saying, you know, stick to Kennesaw State sports, stop talking about wrestling. Uh, but uh, he, he told them that his spear is better than Roman Reigns' spear. Um, a spear is a move where you kind of run at your opponent head first and drive them backwards into the ground. And Roman Reigns is the WWE champion and one of the top stars. Bronson was quoted as saying, yeah, sure. Roman is the WWE universal champion, the tribal chief, the greatest, whatever you want to call it. Roman is fantastic and he's all the great things that he says he is. But when I spear people, they don't get up. I try to inflict as much pain as I can on my opponents. There is a difference. When you turn on the tape between me spearing someone and then when he does it, cut and dry. So that's not up for me to decide. I know my spear is better. There's no debate. So, um, you know, I think there is some debate. Um, you know, Roman Reigns is one of the best in the business. You know, Bill Goldberg, who I hate, uh, had a good spear and uh, Edge had a good spear. But back to uh, Kennesaw State sanctioned sports. Uh, KSU basketball has offered 6'6 forward uh, Charlie Gersmel. I hope I pronounced that right, from Gainesville High School. Um, it appears it may be his first offer. He's a member of the 2026 class, so I don't expect that to be settled anytime soon. Uh, we also have some wrapping up to do on Micah Smith, who we mentioned previously. He's a 6'8 forward from Sandy Creek High School who played for former Owl uh, John Michael Nickerson. Um, he chose, he narrowed down his top eight and said he was going to make a decision on Wednesday. And he did. Unfortunately, he committed to, uh, James Madison and, uh, former Owls coach, uh, John Cremens is on staff there right now. So, uh, good luck to Micah Smith. Um, unfortunately we didn't win that one. Uh, he had offers from Clemson and Mississippi state would have liked to take that one home. Um, also, we are less than 50 days away from opening night in basketball. So um, it is upon us uh, pretty soon. Absolutely. Exciting stuff. Um, I did promise John off the air that any chance he gets to connect Kennesaw State Athletics to wrestling, I would let him go wild. So you guys get your uh, your fair dose this week. Um, what you going to do, brother? What you going to do? I myself do not know a ton about wrestling. I do know, however, 
um, that you failed to mention that Roman Reigns also played college football in the state of Georgia. Oh, very nice for Georgia Tech. Yeah, I'm sure nobody knows that. <laughs> well, that's well, that's the B school, so or the C school, so I, it wasn't really worth mentioning. To be fair, absolutely, sure, sure, sure. And and what the first thing you need to know about wrestling, Kai? It's 100 real. It's not scripted, and MMA is fake, and pro wrestling is real. So that's just the of course the start the 101. Yeah. I also want to say uh, on Charlie's Twitter profile, uh, he lists himself at six seven. So somebody's lying. <laughs> you know he's he's like 15 maybe he grew <laughs> yeah speaking of which i just wanted to show my age here a little bit and you're gonna give me shit for this right but oh is I that grew- the first s-bomb that kai dropped in the history of the owl <laughs> chat podcast mark it on down, the air folks. probably um that being said yeah uh you're gonna give me crap for this shit for this whatever you want to say um you know i grew up following college basketball and college football recruiting so it was you know, class of 2018 guys, class of 2019 guys. It was never weird. But, you know, me being a high school graduate in 2022, uh, it's starting to feel a little weird talking about kids who are four years younger than I am. (laughs) Oh, just wait. I remember when I started doing this in 2012 and I was like, oh, we got class of 2016. And now here we are. And I'm talking about 2026. So I've been doing this way too long. But, you know, I have fun. I enjoy doing it. Um, and just wait, Kai, um, you know, I hope your, um, hope your mom's dad has a strong hairline also, brother. <laughs> I'm doing okay so far. So we'll see. Not going to we'll jinx see. myself though. We'll see. But we also have some notes on the, uh, swinging it back to football, um, on the depth chart. Um, I don't think they put too much time and effort into this. I think it really just matters who the coaches want to have out there that day. Um, like for example, um, Connor Cummins is still listed as the kicker and we'll have some news on that later on the depth chart. Uh, but the, um, the offensive line uh, is listing the same five starters um, on the depth chart who appeared on the field last Saturday. So, you know, you can tell they don't put in the effort because the depth chart for the Tennessee tech game listed James Dawson and Seaburn Hines who weren't even active. So it seems like it's running a week behind, um, but veteran offensive line uh, hand Hall O'Neill is on the depth chart for the first time in the season at backup center. Um, I was wondering where he's been since, uh, you know, he's kind of a veteran there. Um, speaking of hairlines, uh, Hall is follically challenged, such as myself. Shout out to him. Uh, no hate there. Um, so, you know, I don't know if he's been hurt, hasn't acclimated to the new system, or it could be that James Dawson is out now and he just moves into the next spot at center. But uh, it's good to see a veteran like Hall O'Neill get on there. Also appear- appearing for the first time at backup tackle is true freshman Caleb May from uh, McAdory High School in Alabama. This is the same school that former KSU slot back Shaq Terry went to, if it sounds familiar. Uh, Bohannon mentioned in a recent presser that May wasn't quite ready yet, but would need to be ready soon. And the fact that he's put on the depth chart this week kind of tells me he might be getting there and also might tell me that Coach Bohannon was not pleased at all with the performance he got last week. And we'll have also more on that in a little bit. Uh, Some possibly good news on the injury front is that starting guard Terrell Paxton is back and listed as the second string guard. I Again, I don't know if they're just playing depth chart shenanigans and just putting people on there. I don't know if it means to play limited snaps and rotate in or what the deal is. Uh, defensively, the usual starters like Chance Gamble, Carlos Allen, Baron Hobson are listed, but they were listed last week as well, but they didn't play. So lots of gamesmanship going on over here, I imagine. But I really do hope we dress a lot of the starters uh, this week because I really want to beat um, Charleston Southern. And I will swing this back to Kai, who has some notes on the presser. 
Yeah. Um, and this will segue into it. Moral of the story is uh, don't read too deeply into the depth chart that the athletic department puts out, because even as Bo said in the presser, uh, at the current moment, he really has no idea what it's going to look like um, until game time. It is state-sponsored propaganda. <laughs> no, I mean, they uh, they listen to our podcast. We figured that out recently. So we love the athletic department. We really do. The, everything they uh, they do for us. I mean, that sincerely. Yes, um, but that's not their priority to put a depth chart for us, us idiots who talk about the program. <laughs> their priority is putting the people on the field on Saturday and getting them ready to play. Absolutely correct. But anyway, sticking with the press conference, uh, Bo is a realist and understands the context of the season because, of course, he does. He's the head coach of our football team. Um, he essentially said everything we've been saying uh, for the last couple of days, um, acknowledges that there is practically no depth at the offensive line, and it is really hard to do anything on offense when you can't block anybody. Um, he talked about the excitement of getting to see some of the younger guys get in game reps throughout the rest of the season, which is something you talked about last week, John, um, as this being uh, at this point in the season, one of the more interesting things to watch is to watch some of the guys who are lower in the traditional depth chart, get more play and kind of look ahead to the future um, regardless of result. Uh, he talked about the conversation he had with Sam, uh, Sam Houston state's head coach who went through the same type of transition last year from FCS to FBS and, uh, just how basically they ran into the exact same problems that we've ran into this year. So uh, nothing is unexpected. He talked about just the general plan and how uh, the the grand scheme of things hasn't really changed um, when it comes to outlook on the program. It's just day-to-day operations and day-to-day plannings that's changed and, you know, hiccups have been thrown at them and all, all that sorts of things. Uh, he talked about the kicker switch, which was confirmed. Uh, Connor Cummins is officially out as starting kicker. Uh, Ulrich uh, was apparently officially switched to kicker midway through the Tennessee Tech game, and other kickers on the roster will also compete for that spot throughout practice, but we will see who they trot out there on Saturday. And, you know, he did mention that they have a walk-on kicker, and I would I would give him a shout-out, but I have no idea how to pronounce his name. So once he make, starts making some kicks, we'll put that on the announcers, and then I'll say what the announcers say. So that's how I'm going to treat that one. Um, but, yeah, Ulrich is a scholarship uh, punter slash kicker, so it's very good to see that, um, you know, we're giving him a shot. Uh, Connor Cummins, you know, has a big leg, did what he can, and, you know, Bo really feels for him. But he just, you, you know, you got the sense in the press conference, you know, they gave him as long a leash as they could and they just couldn't leave him out there any longer. Um, you know, the off Bo mentioned, as Kai said, the offensive line didn't play well, need to be better. Mentioned had some bad habits, um, you know, as far as the timeline to, you know, when this can get fixed. He doesn't know what the timeline looks like. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to get us where we need to be. Uh, lots of cliches and coach speak for, I really don't know, but we're doing it day by day and week by week and month by month. So, um, you know, he did mention just some random notes. He was mentioned, he was pleased with cornerback Tyler Hallam. I don't know if that was his first accent action of the year or what, but Hallam was a transfer. So uh, it's good to uh, see him getting some playing time. Um, and like Kai said, some younger players on the depth chart will probably, you know, start playing, especially as time runs out, you know, once we get under, you know, four games left or less, especially with the two non D one games, you're probably going to see, you know, we'll probably go up. I would at least hope so by considerable amounts and you get to work in some freshmen and work in some guys who didn't even play at all. So um, that's going to be exciting. Um, 
something else that jumped out at me was coach Bo was very hesitant to mention, you know, about the defense letting up in the second half. He mentioned that they did kind of just, he, he wasn't mad at the defense. They did enough to where he gave, they gave him a shot to win, but he wasn't pleased with how they reacted in the second half. And, you know, the, uh, the press at the press conference, some of the people were pushing him like, Hey, was, were they worn down? And I think Bo wasn't trying to make excuses or anything like that, but towards the end, they kind of got to him and he kind of conceded. Yeah. They were probably worn down a little bit. And I think they were, he just doesn't want to, you know, play that card um, for whatever reason. He doesn't want to give them that excuse. Um, but I think they were worn down as well. Like it was like, we were getting three and outs in the first half. We were playing with high energy and then all of a sudden it fell off. And that's what's going to happen when you're playing this red shirt game and, you know, you're you're sacrificing an entire line of depth by um, playing, you know, people only four games a year. And especially the defense is the side that's hit hardest by that. And the our offense doesn't isn't affected as much by that, not even nearly as much, but they're decimated on the offensive line by injury. So it's like we can't win anywhere. You have an offense that can't move it, a defense that, you know, is kind of has is thin. Like it just it's just an ever ending cycle of oh shit. Right. And uh there was definitely coach speech, but the impression it had on me, not sure if you felt the same way, um, is that it wasn't maybe negative is the wrong word, but it was more brutally honest than it typically is. It was kind of just like, yeah, it's uh it's a messy situation. Uh we're not a great football team right now, but you know, we have it all under control and we know what we're doing. Grand scheme of things hasn't changed. Um, there are reasons for this. However unfortunate they may be, we still want to win because, of course, they still want to win um, regardless if they're playing for any sort of, you know, playoff contention or conference title or anything or, you know, even a winning record every game. You, the goal was to win. Um, so I I felt comforted by it. It was felt like a message to the fans to slow down on expectations the rest of the year and kind of just, you know, watch this develop and have fun with that. Yeah. So. And I tried to pump those brakes on Saturday. And I think all of our expectations were probably a little bit too high in the preseason. Um, you know, maybe not too high, but we, I don't think we expected the offensive line to get decimated like this. I truly believe, you know, if we had just maybe one, maybe two injuries on the offensive line, you know, we had a one or two people back on defense on the defensive line, you know, that could have made the difference in the game and we could have gotten that, uh, that tough win. So, um, um, again, everybody, you just need to calm down. You know, we're probably 2025 is honestly the year we're waiting for, you know, arrival here and the timeline next year. You know, I'm just really hoping that we can be competitive, see some flashes from the future, kind of figure out who our, I guess, our, what's the word I'm looking for? Career quarterback is going to be a uh, franchise quarterback is going to be and uh, go from there. Right. Absolutely. And the good thing is, uh, we have a fun one, and I'm not going to predict a win at this point just because I, I made that mistake last week. Um, and I don't think that the resume could have gotten any worse than Tennessee Tech. Um, but we have a fun one and a winnable one uh, this Saturday against Charleston Southern. Um, so before I get into it, John, how how do you go into this game watching? I am going in. watch. I'm going to watch this one, of course, on TV. Uh, Kai is actually going to make the trip. I'm sure he'll tell you about that here shortly. Um, I, I guess no expectations, no disappointment. I'm still, call me crazy, I'm still optimistic. Um, Western Carolina put 77 points on them last week. Uh, if Western Carolina could put 77 points on them, 
I'm hoping that we can put 24 points on them, something to get get some scoring. Um, what, what's your take, Kai? Yeah, um, so I've done my due diligence in researching Charleston Southern. Um, Resume-wise, uh, they are practically in the exact same situation we are in, uh, sitting at one and three with their lone win coming over uh, Division Two opponent being North Greenville in a game that they probably should have lost. I didn't watch the game, and I haven't looked at the play-by-play, so I can't confirm on the air but I think it came down to a play inside the 10 and there was like a 10 second runoff that cost North Greenville the game. So uh, their lone win was a pretty ugly win against a D2 opponent. Uh, Tony Bartolo was their starting quarterback for the first three games. And he was uh, to put it nicely, pretty awful uh, in his last start against William and Mary, the offense accounted for zero points behind Bartolo's 57 yards and two interceptions. Um, but last week, Freshman quarterback Zoltan Osborne took over. Uh, he has awesome hair, so he must be related to Ozzy. Um, but he did not have an awesome game. Uh, he only threw for 82 yards and an interception when they got trounced by Western Carolina, 77 to 21. Um, and one of their touchdowns came on a defensive score. So, yeah, they're not very good. They've got two decent running backs in Timothy Ruff and J.D. Moore, who handled the majority of their carries and the majority of their offensive production. But yeah, they don't score a whole lot and they give up a ton of points. Kind of the same, you know, resume that Tennessee Tech had. So I'm not going to say that we're in any position to come out and predict a win or say that we should beat these guys. Um, but it's a game we certainly should at least, you know, compete in. And I so. want the win more than I want the Tennessee Tech win just because of our history with the program. Um, you know, I go back shit talking a long ways uh, with Charleston Southern fans uh, so far back that most of the people I shit talked are now coaches now in uh, NCAA. Um, so I really think we can, I really think we can win this. Like we just need some kind of offensive line play. And I'm, I'm just hoping that Murph, Ma- like I'm hoping that Charleston Southern's defense is bad enough. Like Murph magic can literally just like pull Michael Vick and just run through everybody and kind of bring will us to victory is what I'm right. hoping. Right. What uh, doesn't scare me, but makes me less optimistic is, you know, one of our strengths is our secondary. And, you know, I mean, they're not, you know, world beaters or anything, but they're definitely one of the better units on the team. Uh, Charleston Southern has no passing game. Um, It's very poor. If they're going to beat us, they're going to beat us on the ground. And that's the way you would expect it to be. So uh, I expect we're going to cause a couple of turnovers. They're not very good at handling the ball. Um like I said, I'm not going to predict a win, but I too am somewhat optimistic and it being the last time we play them as a rival adds weight to it. So I'm excited to hopefully beat them one last time before we, you know, elevate above them. Why don't you predict a loss? Because if predicting a KSU win results in a loss, wouldn't predicting a KSU sure, loss? Sure. Uh, I'll predict we lose 20 to 17. And I think that's a real possibility. All right. Obviously, awesome. it's not what I'm hoping for, but set it in stone. That's my official prediction is we leave uh, with a 20 to 17 loss. All right. You you heard that, folks. Uh, KSU is going to get their first win this week. <laughs> I think I predicted the Tusculum win. Not sure. Oh, yeah. That, I, I forgot about that. I don't even count that. Like That one doesn't count. You're right. Yeah, I get, I get like half a win. And then you get like maybe 0.25 for Lynchburg and 0.2, like maybe like 0.10 for Lincoln. I think they add up to about half a win together. So um, I did want to (laughs) mention just while we're on the subject, um, Virginia Lynchburg, according to their own website, played two games in three days on, uh, I want to say, August or is like September 21st and September 23rd. Um, You can go back and fact check that. I'm not making this up. So 
I don't know what's going on with that program, but uh, did they win? No, no, they got destroyed both times. Um, because of course they did. I don't believe they've ever won a game in their program's history. They've only been around for three years now, but yeah, they're not great. Well, that's a lot of pressure for the Kaimalet Jinx. Um, <laughs> so we can't wait for that one coming up. Yeah. Well, to be fair to the other, you know, non-classified team on the the schedule, Lincoln has actually kind of held their own. Uh, they played a tight-ish game through three quarters with Cal Poly, who's an FCS school. And then they lost to Lamar 41 to nothing, which is, you know, a blowout, but it's not like a blowout of biblical proportions. So. Well, I mean, Lamar is just one guy, so. <laughs> yeah, so is Lincoln. Oh, that's true. That's true. A boxing match. Yeah, 41 hits to none. There you go. But, um, you know, if if Lincoln can even, you know, hang tight with us, that would that would not be a good feeling. So I'm just excited to get those games over with so we can stop talking about them. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'm also curious to see what the heck we're going to do with Sam Houston, because I feel like by the time that rolls around, like what players are we going to even have left that haven't used up all their red shirts? Right. It's like, are we going to start pulling guys out who we've been saving? Are we going to, you know put all our chips in the middle for the Sam Houston game, or are we just going to kind of roll over and take it from the only FBS team on the schedule? Yeah, exactly. I kind of feel like we have to, uh, you know, we have to figure that out here. You know, we got one, we got three more real games. So we have to divide our players between those games. So it makes it very difficult. Yeah. To be nice as a fan, I will go into that game um, viewing it as an experiment. So that's the only way I can put it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Trey White, who uh, he lives in Dallas, actually, that game's in Houston. So I'll have to ask him, see if he's going to make the trip for uh, the Sam Houston game. Because I did see him in 2017 at the game. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll get some representation. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll be be able to report live from the sideline for us. So Um, if that's all you got, John, I can go ahead and take us out. Yeah, I, I got nothing else. Um, love hearing feedback from people that uh, listen to uh, listen to the show. Um, positive, negative, I don't care. Even love hearing from the trolls on Twitter. Thank you for listening to all our Twitter trolls and also everybody that's not a troll. Thank you even more. Absolutely. We will be back to talk about the game Saturday on Monday. So we will see you then. Take it easy. Have a great week, everybody in Owl Nation. Take it sleazy. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, And as always, go Owls!